Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about mentors and partners and accountability partners and coaches and all of these like other peripheral roles that often we play as leaders or we set up for our teams. Okay, let's talk about that. Um <laughs> Piffless again. I know. So, well, no, yeah. But I mean, these are all buzzwords, but I think so often a lot of these things are done ineffectively um, that that I think it deserves a conversation. No, I think it absolutely, you're, you're right. Now, putting all pithiness aside, um, you know, folks, we're peeling back the curtain a little bit. We we record a couple episodes at once, and this is just a pithless day for me. So if you've you heard in a previous podcast that I was not being pithy. It's just following through. My goal from today forward is to make you pithless because that is now my favorite word. Wow. Okay. Because I'm mature. Yeah. Maybe we ought to get you a mentor or somebody to help you with it. <laughs> I think a coach would be more appropriate. So let's, so, so let's talk about that for a second. You know, when, mm-hmm. when do we need coaches? When do we need mentors? What's the difference uh, between them? In my view, and I'm sure you have a different definition, but in my view, um, a a mentor is more of a teacher where I I am mentoring you because I have a level of knowledge that you want to achieve. Whereas, and so I'm teaching you stuff. Whereas a coach is there to bring out the knowledge, the experience, and the stuff that the coachee already knows. So coaching is more characterized by questioning, by pointing things out, maybe by sharing knowledge, but more allowing for self-discovery of the person being coached rather than the mentee who is being taught. So you you know, I, I, I honestly, I think it go either way, right? Because I've seen mentor relationships that are, um, almost like a coach relationship, but not as not as close, if that makes sense, right? You, you talk to maybe a mentor once a quarter, that type of thing. And, and, you know, some general guidance, some principles, you know, a mentor might make introductions to you in the workforce, at least introductions for you to open doors for you. Uh, it, it's almost like um, in, in an apprenticeship relationship, like the master apprentice sort of relationship. Um, I guess as I'm thinking this through, you're probably more accurate than mine, you know. Um, and then a coach is definitely really more of a sounding board trying to get you to see, you know, see your own. Although there are coaches who are also going to be able to um, give you specific skills as well. I mean, we see that in coaching too sometimes, especially like sports coaching, right? 
Well, and this is why, I, and I always say this when I'm teaching coaching in a corporate setting, is I say, I wish they'd called it something different. Because in sports coaching, the assumption is that the coach is the expert and you listen to me and I'm going to tell you to do what you're going to do. And then hopefully you'll get to go to the Olympics like I did. Whereas in a business and life coaching situation, the coach E, the person being coached, is the expert on what's going to be the best decision for them. And they're going to be more likely to implement what's discussed and decided on if they helped come up with it. Well, I think I think there's even in sports coaching, there's an element of uh, the self-discovery piece. Sure. Or, and there should be in mentoring, too. Right. Absolutely. And, and that's why I said that these are almost I mean, they're so close in concepts that it, it, we may be, you know, a difference without a distinction. Mm -hmm. Well, but I think that this is an important point to make, what you just said, because when you're chucking around these words, mentor, accountability partner, mastermind, you know, um, coach, whatever, when you're having those discussions with people, making sure that everybody's on the same page with what the definition of what you're planning is looking like, you know, because some people may have a different view of it um, and not understand and have different expectations. Yeah. And, and frankly, that's just a great leadership skill to have to begin with, right? We're talking about just crystal clear communication at that point. Let's define our terms. What are we talking about? Because, I mean, my, my wife and I have this conversation frequently um, where like, we need to be on the same page with what we're saying, because what what I'm hearing you say and what you're trying to connote impart to me are not the same things, even though we both understand the English words that are being used. Well, exactly. And that's why clarification of all of that's super important, especially when you're asking your employees to take part in that relationship as well, whether you're the one doing the mentoring or coaching or not. Yeah. And it's funny, folks, I know we're just we're just an audio podcast. I almost wish we were a video at this point, because if you could have seen the look on Anne's face as I was trying to explain my position, it took her a few seconds to parse my words and I'm not I'm actually not making a joke. It took her a few seconds to parse my words. Um, I wasn't being as clear, you know, as perhaps I could have been. Right. Or we just come from two different paradigms sometimes because uh, we we don't agree on everything in case it's not clear. And, <laughs> right. And so we each have our own paradigm and that's part of the challenge. Um, we're kind of morphing this into a communication podcast, which is fine. Again, mm -hmm. again, yeah, Brooke, no issue with that, but right, but that's the issue with communication, and you know that it's not perfect. We each have our own filters, our own way of understanding of words, and then we're trying to describe a, a thought process that really is not words; it's concepts that we then have to communicate through words, which are what somewhat limited. Exactly. Well put, Dave. Well, and it's an interesting challenge for us speakers as well, because you can have an audience of 500 people all listen to exactly the same words come out of your the speaker's mouth, and you can have 500 different interpretations of what was said. I mean, it's unbelievable. And so when you're in that establishing of a kind of partnership or mentorship or coaching ship or whatever ship, that you're clarifying what it is and what it means. I just went through this. I just started a new mastermind and we were really clear what is your expectation of this what is your hope for this what don't you want from this and we defined mastermind for ourselves which is exactly what you need to do 
Yeah, and just to rewind a little bit, because it's not just that you have 500 people in an audience listening to the same words, coming up with different ideas. That does happen. And if you recorded that and listened to it <laughs> six months later and you're a different person, you're in a different spot, you're going to hear things that they, she didn't say that the last time I listened to this. Yes, it's a recording. Those words were there, right? Yes. So yeah, as we grow and evolve as individuals, our um, understanding changes, which means what we hear and what we get from it and the meaning we take from things also change. Which all goes back to the point that communication is imperfect and unclear at best. Well, and this is why trust and respect and a culture of open communication is so vitally important. So when you say something that I don't agree with, I don't like, I don't understand, or doesn't go along with what I thought we were doing, I'm comfortable saying, hey, Dave, I, I think I either disagree with you or I don't understand what you're saying. And the comfort to be able to say that and get on the same page is vital because if I walk away not understanding what you said, I'm not going to go and do the thing you asked me to do. And you, your leadership isn't very effective now because our communication isn't working. You know, it's why I think I've shared this with you before, but I, uh, spoiler alert, if you've hired me for a keynote, um, I opened my keynote calling the room to attention mm -hmm. and in my best drill instructor voice. And then, you know, when nobody gets their feet, I'd berate them until they do it's just so much fun it's a great way to connect with an audience and um, in my keynote i give out pop rocks anyway go <laughs> ahead Dave. and this is the difference between dave and ann yeah but whatever you do don't eat the pop rocks and drink some coke mikey um at any rate um the, the point being is after i'm done with having my little fun in the beginning and i asked people i said why didn't you stand up and the very things you just said right we didn't know what you wanted we didn't know what was expected those are all the reasons i hear time and time again and the point i make is that yeah and that's why your folks aren't doing the things you're asking of them exactly and why often these mentorship and coaching situations are not effective because people don't know what they are because again people are using this term these terms in so many different ways so how, what is the importance of a coaching or a mentoring why do why are so many companies setting these up yeah great question and i mean the, the short answer is of course they're setting it up because they're trying to get their people up to speed and improve faster and quicker and they're hoping that the coach or mentor will help the coachy or the protege i hate the word mentee so it's a protege i don't like coachy either so we'll go with protege <coughs> or mentee or coachy right i just yeah, pro right. protege right yes. makes you feel good right feel like a french or something oh, oh, like oui, a protege. Oui. protege yes oh, anyway oh. so the, the protege you know will avoid some of the mistakes and pitfalls that w w are there for if somebody doesn't warn you of them. And, and that's, I mean, that's the short answer there. The, the problem is, or challenge becomes, what kind of program do you need and want? Right. And, and I think it comes down to what do you need? And it's so interesting because I did a training for indeed.com, you know, the job search website. And indeed. they knew that they, what? Indeed. indeed they indeed. had a bunch of people that were new to the workforce that were bringing some a level of technical skill 
that was really, really valuable. And they also knew that they had a, a, a bunch of veterans working for the organization who had a level of organizational knowledge, career knowledge that was also really valuable. So instead of setting up a mentor-mentee, sorry, protégeur situation, they created their own program to partner people that were new to the workforce with veterans to the workforce with the intention of them each making each other better. But the key was they brought me in to train this new program, again, to clarify the expectation so everybody understood their role, what the company wanted them to get out of it, and how they could execute it in a really effective way. So it was such a good example of a company saying, here's what we have and here's what we need, and here's how we're gonna make our own rules to do it. Yeah, and it's funny, you, you brought to mind actually, um, years ago when I first got into this business, I put together a program for the Department of the Navy uh, for a very specific uh, um, group out in Maine. Um, there was engineers who worked on subs. So these were civilians, not uniform like sandwiches yeah the ones that go really deep underwater and don't get wet though um submarines oh right those i've heard yeah. of those submarines so these are engineers who worked on submarines and it was a mentorship program i didn't put the mentorship program i put together a program on how to develop a mentorship program for them so they could develop it internally and their intention here was a little bit different, right? So the people they that got hired, they understood what they needed to do from a technological perspective. However, from a career perspective within the Department of Defense as a as a as a, um, uh, a GS employee, government service, you know, employee, you can make choices that would negatively affect your career. They get you pigeonholed and not be able to grow beyond certain levels. So depending on what you want will help your career choices and career paths. And that was their intention here is to help their young engineers, you know, the, the GS 11s and 12s, not get themselves placed where they're stuck and continue can continue to get advancement to the higher pay grades. I love it. And it's again, them identifying what do we need? What, what who needs mentoring on what? And how can we set that up effectively? I love yeah. it. And, and, and that's, again, different than what a coaching program might do. I, so for me, and, and even when it's coaching in business, coaching is really about ultimately personal growth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember uh, when I first heard Life Coach, I remember and just, I don't know, 10 years ago, and I'm like, so I was, what, like 50? I'm like, Life Coach? What, what the heck is that? Who needs a life coach, you know? And... and and who are you to life coach me anyway? You know, you, you know, right. You know, and slowly over time that changed to performance coach and right. And, and other terms, because I think it better um, expresses what, what they do and they can be really, really effective because mm -hmm. all of us who are coaches and you and I both are coaches, right? Ultimately, what we want to do is improve people, help people improve themselves is really a better way, right? I'm not adding anything, but I'm, I'm helping you bring out the best you. Right. And and this is where, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield, I, I worked with them to set up and to train a coaching program. And one of the big things that was important in the setting up of those relationships was that it was somebody from a completely different department, completely different area of the company who had a level of organizational knowledge, but didn't necessarily know anything about their job, their department, their boss, or anything like that to help 
guide that person into their own creative thinking about their own job, how they're doing it, how they can deal with the challenges they're having and all of that stuff. So it was, they set that up very intentionally. It wasn't, I want you to teach them about this. It was help them discover the best them in the job they're in. Right. Which actually brings us, and we haven't mentioned this person. There's, there's another uh, individual that sort of fits into this lexicon. So uh, between mentor, coach, and then there's trainer. And a trainer is really skill specific. Exactly. Whether it's soft skills or hard skills, it's very much, I have an agenda. I need to teach you ABC. Um, and that's, yeah. Right. And when I'm done, you will be able to demonstrate this particular skill to a certain level of proficiency. Where, where a mentor and a coach, it's more nebulous what that outcome is there there's a knowledge imparted one is internal one other may be external maybe that's a good way to think of mentors sort of external like this is the lay of the land this is the politics involved these are ways of considering other people in other situations that's not skills right the coach is all about internal growth what do you think yeah and and i was i was as you were saying that, I was thinking that there was more of a what you need in the moment differentiation where training tends to be, <laughs> and I'm about to contradict myself, training tends to be, we all need to learn how to communicate better. So we're all going to go to this communication training, you know, whereas, and, and again, I'm contradicting myself right now. I did a train the trainer program for Union Pacific and they had on the job, on the, in the yard training that happened, you know, and part of my job was to help them learn how to train effectively in the classroom, but also do those little micro trainings in the moment. Hey, we are having a safety issue with this right now, and we need to go and fix this, go talk to them in the yard, do the thing, you know, whatever. Um, so I just, my theory went out the window, but it's an interesting piece to think about when you are designing a program of saying, do we need to be able to be very flexible about what we need right now? Or do we need an overarching general leading of our team members to get better? Well, you know what I mean? Is that making any sense? Maybe. Um, there are some of our listeners who like me better than you that think that totally made sense. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. The wise, the wiser listeners. Please write in, because <laughs> I don't know if it made sense either. I'm going to have to listen to this episode. But, but seriously, the, what you described is training, right? There's a set outcome, right? And I think that's a big thing. There's a very specific, measurable outcome. If you can test for it, mm -hmm. you're training. Okay. Mm. If it's if it's, yeah. if it's personal development, you're coaching, and if it's knowledge of an exterior system you're mentoring that's how i'm going with that's my, I've just i just folks we just heard that this was an egg hatching <laughs> did you hear the, the chicken <laughs> i have no idea which came first but it and again i really do wish that we were on video this time because when you said this is an egg hatching it was like this dramatic hand gesture with your little egg head <laughs> That was really fun to watch. So thank you for that moment. Uh, maybe we'll put this one up on YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> Please don't. I didn't dress for it. <laughs> really? You got I your Spartan shirt. I got my shirt with an octopus drinking coconut water. You know, it's. 
I didn't know octopus octopi drank coconut water. This one does. Does he have eight arms? Hold on. One, two, three, four. I can only see four, but he's got a couple tucked around behind him. So we're assuming there's four behind that we don't see. Okay. Fair Correct. Enough. He's adorable, though. Octonation.com, if you'd like to see what I'm talking about. All right. Um, Maybe we can get them to sponsor us. Did the octopus just jump the shark? Hey, did you ever? No, because I'm about to bring it around. Do you ever see My Octopus Teacher? I believe it's on Netflix. And as we're talking about mentoring and teaching in a nebulous and very specific way, it's interesting to watch this film and see what the octopus taught the man. You know, I'm going to have to find it and then put it in the show notes. There you go. And that, my friends, is what Mel Brooks called a bulb artist. You mean there is no octopus video? No, there totally is an octopus video. Me bringing it around to our topic that we were talking about was a little bit obtuse. But I learned that from my dad. It's genetic. You just go with that. Makes you feel better. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Where were we? I think we're about ready to wrap up. <laughs> I had caffeine, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. Right. At least I hope you're getting some entertainment. Yeah, if not outright knowledge, because I'm not sure that we did any mentoring, coaching, or training on this. Well, this is what I was going to say, though. What do you think we are? I think we're, if we think of this podcast as one of those roles. I think we're coaches in this role, in this podcast. I completely disagree because nobody has any input. Like, we're just telling them what to think. Well, we're suggesting ideas because it's a one-way role, but all three trainers, coaches, and mentors require feedback to be truly effective. So really, we're edutainers is what we are. Ooh, I like that. Edutainer. That was Darren's uh, portmanteau. I like that one. Little homage to Darren. So, all right. Well, folks, why don't you tell us what you think we are and... Be colorful if that's really what you want to do. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's the invitation they're going to come right out of the woodwork with. Oh, I'll tell you what you are. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Right. So, all right. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg, and you can find my website at LockedOnLeadership.com. And this is Ann Bonnie at yourchangespeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them. <laughs> <laughs>